Welcome to Dietitian Boss. My name is Libby Rothschild. I'm the CEO and founder of the Dietitian Boss Method. Our company is here to help you get started in private practice even before you think you're ready. I've created a proprietary process to help you increase visibility, create organic content, enroll clients into an offer, and learn sales skills that don't even feel salesy. Listen every week to your colleagues as they're being interviewed, and we chat about their progress and success from when they got it started from zero to all the way to creating million-dollar businesses and beyond. Hello and welcome. We are back with Carol Aguirre, and we're going to be talking all about going full-time. Carol's been on the podcast before, and I'm really excited to share her progress, her journey, and have her work inspire you in your practice. Can you introduce yourself, Carol, and share where everybody can find you on social? Hi, sir. My name is Carol Aguirre, and I'm vegan.weightloss.nutritionist. So that's where you can find me on Instagram. Awesome. Can you briefly explain what you do and why you do? So people can, if they haven't listened to the last episode, they can catch up with your body of work. Sure. So I'm all about empowering new vegan women on how to feel confident in their vegan choices for their weight loss, for reaching their weight loss goals. Awesome. All right. Thanks for sharing that. And to kick things off, you recently became full-time. Very excited about that. That actually just happened. So we're basically, so November, so as of last month. So it took me a while to go full-time. I will say I was definitely intimidated about making that leap to go full-time, but little, I was lucky that I had a bunch of different contract jobs. So little by little, I was able to give one up at a time. So eventually I took finally the leap. My husband was very supportive with that. So that was really helpful. But yeah, I did it. It did take a while, probably I want to say a year. It took me yeah. till I finally made the leap to go full time. Very intimidating. And it, I mean, I can definitely understand why someone would be scared to do this to go full time. So I think if that's a fear of yours, going little by little, if that's possible, maybe you work at a full time job, maybe scaling back in the hours and then eventually going part time, I will definitely say it is a lot of work at the beginning, because you are working still full time and then trying to do this on the side. It's hard. It is a lot of work, not gonna lie. But if this is something you really want, and it's a goal of yours, it definitely is possible. But you have to, you know, keep at it and stay motivated because it's really easy to be like, I don't want to do this. And just you're tired and I get it. And I was tired and there was plenty of times that I did not want to do this. But this is the goal that I wanted. I wanted to be full time and do something that I really enjoy. And like, it's so satisfying. I'm so grateful for the program. Actually, honestly, Libby, so grateful that I can go full time and do something that I really enjoy. And it's just so gratifying. So I'm so happy that I did the coaching group and I'm still part of it and have come this far. I mean, my husband is like, wow, it's like this coaching thing. This is great. And it is. It's been so helpful. So so I'm really happy where I'm at right now. Thank you for sharing that, Carol. Congratulations. That's the whole purpose and point of my company is to create more private practice operators and becoming full-time is a milestone. So thank you for being honest and saying it took a year. It was challenging. You let go contract by contract for the positions that you were employed from. You had a supportive husband, thrilled to have you in the program, and you did the work, Carol. And we're going to talk about that in a minute, but you were the one that did the work. So that needs some congratulations right there, because you're right. It takes a lot of mindset work that we're not taught in school. Yes, for sure. So mindset definitely, you know, it has to take you where you want to go. So having a positive mindset and having ultimately, you know, like your goal, like that's your where you want to be at. So having this mindset that you're going to do this. I mean, as long as you have a positive mindset, it'll happen. 
but that mindset has to stay with you throughout the whole process. Absolutely. And so I want to break down a couple things about going full time. And you mentioned your supportive husband. So I want to ask you a few questions. What do you mean by that? Were there, did you confide in him or how do you think that helped you? Because I speak a lot about your support system. It's great that you had that. Yeah. Just talking to him and there being points where I wasn't sure if I wanted to move forward, but even though I really wanted this to do this full time, there were moments that I was just, I don't want to do both. Like I, it's so much easier to go back and work in clinical, you know, dietitian space. It, it really is. It's so much easier in such a comfort level, but that's not what I wanted to do. And it's not gratifying by any means. And the money also is another thing. Like as far as income is concerned, it's like, you're not comparing apples to apples by any means. And so, I mean, money-wise, yeah, that's a big motivator. But beyond the money, it's just so much more satisfying and gratifying. I can't even express that enough. And give me some examples. Thank you for sharing that of gratification. Do you mean people who DM you and tell you that you changed their lives or clients? Like what aspect is gratifying? I want to say clients, like clients just reaching their weight loss goals and just understanding how to eat properly as a vegan and just saying like, this is easy. Like I can fit into this clothes that I haven't been able to fit in years. This is so easy. Like I didn't realize it was going to be this easy or I'm no longer binging on food at night. So things like those comments that I get from clients, sometimes I get DMs. Yeah, but it's more, it's the clients that I have and just like the outcomes that they're having. So that's super gratifying for me. Yeah. So it motivates you to know that people who are in that stage of change, they're taking action, right? So you're working with folks who are ready and willing, and then you're seeing the benefits and that's perhaps more gratifying than when your clinical positions, any one of them? Definitely. Like the clinical is not satisfying. I felt overworked, didn't get paid enough for sure. Not glad, like not respected at all. So this is like my business. And so definitely satisfaction, feel respected, feel gratified. So all of it and income. So I love that. Do you have any specifics relate with that a lot? Any specific stories of not feeling respected or low pay or anything like that, that you'd like to share if you were to look back on that? Well, I would have to think about it. Like nothing pops out in my head at all. Actually, okay. I'll share one. I tried when I was in clinical to really represent for them to put in more consults for nutrition. I worked at a pediatric unit for four years, a pediatric clinic, and not all the high risk peds kids were sent to me. And I was the only nutritionist in the entire clinic. And I remember advocating for that. And they were just like, they didn't see the significance because I wasn't billable because I wasn't a certified diabetes educator. And they were like, well, I'll do it if I feel like it. And it just wasn't that important. And I felt like my body of work and what I did didn't matter because they didn't place the consults as a process because they didn't see that it was that important. So I would get consults sometimes and I would have to fight to see the high-risk kids. And it was just exhausting to try to showcase the significance of nutrition. And that made me feel like I didn't matter. And after going to school and paying all this money, I took out loans for grad school to go into a clinic where I'm paid $55,000 a year and told to sit in my office and look pretty and they'll place consults when they feel like it was a motivation for me to do something else. Yeah. I'm trying to think like, no, I mean, yes, I remember moments like that for sure. Like as far as getting consults, it was like to fight to get consults. Like, come on, this is like so silly. Yeah. It's very like frustrating for sure. I do remember that. I guess I'm trying to think like for me, I don't know, like trying to ask for more money. So since I was like a contract employee, trying to ask for like a raise, I guess, because I had it in contract and it was a little difficult to get more money, even though I've been at these facilities, let's just say like five years and plus, and then asking for more money was a big 
they didn't want to, it wasn't in the budget, all kinds of reasons, even though I've been here for five years. And, you know, so, so things like that, like not respected, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a good one. Thanks for sharing that. That's super common as well. So to move on from, I mean, clinical stories are always fun to reminisce and I only 8% of dietitians own their own business. So for you to go full time, you are the minority. And that's, you know, one of the reasons I want you to share this story because our mission is to show that there are, it's possible and dietitians are doing it. And I love that. Can you share a little bit about, you said it was hard. You said a, a great, a few moments ago, you, you mentioned a few things, your supportive husband, you mentioned you talked to him. You said it was hard to do both. Can you talk about either what motivated you or just kind of going back before you went full time? How did you make it possible? Because I think it's that's a friction point and it's scary for a lot of dietitians. Yeah, it's definitely scary. I think what made me want to continue is knowing that I didn't want to stay where I was at for the last few years stuck. I think that was my motivator, just feeling stuck. And I was yeah. like, okay, either I'm going to move forward, or I'm going to stay stuck in this position for years and just like shoot me because that position I was like, so over it, I can't even begin to tell you so over it. So I had to make a decision, what do I really want to do? And I know what I really want to do, even though it's tiresome and lack of motivation, definitely at times, you know, in the big scheme of things, what I wanted, ultimately. So I'm so glad I took the leap and did this. Yeah. And was there any kind of practice that you had to help you during that time? Did you set any boundaries? Was it attending coaching calls? Was it finding developing processes? Like what helped you kind of make it happen? Definitely the coaching calls for sure. Putting what you're suggested in the program into actual practice and into goals, like making that work. That transition was very helpful. Yeah. And I think I would say those things. Were you able to set boundaries as far as I'm only going to take so many sales calls or clients, or was there any kind of struggle during that time to take action and implement? Because a lot of our clients struggle with, oh gosh, I have too many sales calls or I don't have enough or things like it's always one or the other, right? Yeah, no, there's definitely points where I felt like I have no sales calls. I mean, I will say that definitely happened and like insecurity would kick in. So yeah, there's definitely moments of insecurity happening along the way. But listening, I think to your like attending your calls were super helpful and hearing other dietitians like my peers and what they were going through. That's empowering. That's inspiring for sure. So being part of those calls is helpful to listen to other your peers, what they're doing. And you, you know, you're in the background, you kind of you listen to it and you're like, Oh, wow. So that goes a long way. I feel like for anybody, I think it would go a long way. And I'm going to double down on how important that is. And that's a practice I adopt as well, being around peers and small business. And it's so significant because in a clinical position, you're around other clinicians or in school, most of us go into clinical. So you're not surrounded by folks who are in private practice. So being around people who are in private practice, actively growing and taking action is definitely a great way to adjust your mindset. So I'm glad to hear that reflection. Yeah, it's very motivating. And especially as a virtual company, right? Because you're like at home on your computer and you're like, well, (laughs) you look outside and I don't know about you, but like people I went to school with, they're still in a hospital. Yeah. So being part of the cause is definitely motivating. Hearing, right. Cause you're, you're, I mean, I'm working from home, right. And I have the dog, but it's not, there's no motivation there beyond there's none actually in that respect, but listening to other peers, what they're doing and how they're growing is very motivating. So yeah, I, I definitely agree. 
congratulations again on taking the leap, going full time. I remember it being a topic and I'm really proud that you made it happen. It really takes a lot of persistence and dedication. And now, like you said, you can't compare apples to oranges that, you know, for that the salary and the motivation and, and the level of readiness from your clients is a whole new world. It's like a whole new universe in private practice. So I'm just really excited that you're representing that and sharing your story for a tremendous amount of people who want to get to where you are now. So it's always nice to reflect on your accomplishments. I know you want more, we all do, but just to hold that space and say like, I did it. I achieved this milestone. It's really special. Yeah, definitely it is. Cool. All right. So I want to move on and talk about a couple other topics. Although of course we can weave in anything that has to do with making it to full time as a practitioner. I've seen such progress with your content, Carol. And I know that has to do with messaging, et cetera, but you were active on reels. You show your face. Can you talk a little bit about like, how did you tactically, how has that evolved and how has that helped you? Or what were some of the mindset blocks you had that you've been able to overcome today? Cause you're doing a great job on social media, building your presence, like really impressive. Thank you. Appreciate that. So definitely have evolved. Oh my gosh. So if I think about like when I just started, I still have quite a few old posts and I look at them. I'm like, oh my gosh. Well, I don't know what this was like compared to what I'm done doing now. So a bit, I think just with time and practice and having the coaching calls has helped me make the post a lot clearer and directly speaking to my ideal client, you know, having clients and using them as examples in my goes a long way for sure. And the reels still not that great. I feel like all the time, but it's the same idea. I mean, with time, I think they do get better. And it's work. It's just thinking about your clients that you currently have and how you can make those clients into reels, basically. So it's like reaching my ideal client. Love it. I love the way you approach content. That is so smart. You're literally taking the words from people who are paying you, who want a similar outcome to lose weight by a vegan diet. And you're turning that into a story with several iterations on a reel. It's really that simple. It is. It is that simple. But I mean, I think at the beginning, it's like, it seems very overwhelming. Like, what? Like, how is that supposed to work? And so definitely at the very beginning, I like making posts because I think reels weren't the big thing just at the moment. I think it was really, it, it was intimidating. I also to make these posts, but with practice and part being part of the coaching group, it's helped me evolve for sure. hundred percent. That's I'm really glad to hear that. And yeah, you're right. Because when we started working together, reels, and don't get me started on those algorithm updates because you know, there are so many. So every time you go to social media, there's something new and they do that on purpose for a lot of reasons. They want to make it more innovative and they also want to increase the amount of time that you're on the platform. So it's all about trying to find ways to still have your content shown, but make sure you're relevant. And that could be tricky for a business owner. Yeah, no, it's definitely because it's always changing. And sometimes the reels don't work and they don't function properly. And you're like, heck? <laughs> but it's part of social media. It is, it comes with the territory. I love your attitude. It is, and it's not worth giving up. It, it is frustrating, right? I can relate to that. But at the same time, it is part of the nature. And, and I think having that attitude and saying social media is how people communicate. That's where people find me. That's how I build my online business card. So reframing and just placing the significance on the platform itself can help us practitioners adopt our mindset and say, I'm going to keep going, even though I'm having a frustrating day. Maybe just take a break, right? Yeah. Because it, it, I mean, especially actually recently, as of yesterday, I will say, and it happened, there was like a glitch. Yeah, it is frustrating. I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. Just wait. And I don't 
you know, yeah. it resets and it goes back to normal. And there's no reason to get frustrated because that's not going to achieve anything. So just being with the mindset, like it's going to be over and it'll be back to where it was. And that's that. And glitches do happen. And so there's nothing that can be done about it. Totally. I got a new phone recently and I had a bunch of reels saved and I, I like didn't even realize that the reels would disappear. And I said to myself, you know what? It's an opportunity for me to redo them and learn even better. And it means I have to carve out a little bit more time and that's okay versus, you know, being really upset because you, you can't anticipate everything, right? Yeah. Not everyone has all the features. Sometimes reels just disappear and there are all kinds of shortcuts to save the reels, add the audio later. There's all kinds of tips and tricks, but at the end of the day, no matter how much you keep abreast, there's going to be things that are going to change. Definitely. <laughs> so totally agree. yeah, I love your attitude there, Carol. It's really going to be inspiring for the listeners. So thank you for sharing that. So just one quick question, because I love how natural you're just like, I have a client outcome. I put it in the reels, create different variations before you had consistent client outcomes. How were you communicating that? I mean, I, I don't know if you were using reels at that time, but before you had those clients, because I think a lot of listeners are like feeling intimidated, like I don't have enough client outcomes, or maybe they haven't decided their niche. So they have outcomes for different kind of populations. They don't how to create. And that's a whole, we're not going to go down that path because yeah. we've already talked about that in previous episodes, but what would you suggest? Or do you know what you did before you got to where you are now? Maybe the phase one, Carol, maybe using yourself as an example. I yeah. think that's going to be the easiest way using yourself as an example until eventually you'll start getting clients and you'll use them as an example. Yeah. Great. Love that's it. what I said. Yeah. That was your suggestion and yep. the group also. Yep. Yeah. Use yourself. And for those of you, we do have more of a minority of clients that don't have the problem they solve, which is okay. They don't experience it themselves. Uh, we've got clients that talk about pregnancy and they haven't had a kid yet, right? That's okay. Yeah. They're still successful. They can talk. If you don't have the problem yourself, you can just talk about things your target market is discussing. So let's say you're talking about significant bloat uh, management, but you don't have bloat. You just use words and phrases that people say in that market. It, such as I you know, feel like I go to bed pregnant, but I'm not pregnant with bloat. You could translate that into your content. So yeah, those are, thank you for sharing that, Carol, just to make sure that people listening aren't too intimidated because sometimes we do have some listeners I haven't gotten started yet. And so I want them to still feel that yeah. things are possible, right? Not too aspirational for them because you've really accomplished such a milestone. So I want to break it down. Okay. So I did hear you also a little hard on yourself. Your reels are amazing, Carol. <laughs> your reels are really fun. Um, I know that we're all hard yeah. on ourselves, but you do a great job job of telling a story and really building your brand. Thank you. Yeah. It's really so fun to watch. I absolutely love it. Okay. So I was hoping we could wrap up with talking a little bit about what you do. And we've talked about you going full time, your support system, your mindset, how you've been able to continue despite setbacks, right? And you even shared a clinical story about how you asked for a raise and were denied after five years, which I can relate with. When it comes to your messaging about veganism and weight loss, can you talk about not necessarily how you niche down? Because again, that's a little bit of a, we're already past that. This is more of an advanced conversation. How has your message deepened or how has that created you as more of an expert in the space online? Can you talk a little bit about any of the evolution with your message? Yeah. So definitely when I started initially, I had one concept and putting it into practice after having clients run through the program a few times, it's evolved. So little by little it's evolved until, until you get it. I mean, I think it's always going to evolve actually. So right now, I mean, I'm happy where it's at, but I'm sure with time, I'm going to have it evolve a little bit more as time goes. So I think just having clients run through it, because you're going to have a thought, you're going to have a concept, and then you're going to write it out. 
and then clients are going to go through it and then you realize some things don't work. And so they need to be adjusted. And so I think that's how it's evolved over time. I love that. So many people, as you might remember or know, get really scared about iterating on their messaging. And it's absolutely imperative. We don't just like come out the bat knowing exactly what angle. So it's, I love that you're giving yourself permission to evolve and make it better for them, right? For your ideal clients. Yeah, definitely. So it's right. It doesn't happen at the very beginning by any means. I mean, you have a thought and what you think is going to work and it's going to be the best thing. And then as you realize, okay, clients go through the firm, like, oh, maybe I need to take that out. That That does not work at all. So it just changes with time. Yeah. Anything else in addition to iterating, which I think is a fantastic message to send, anything else with expertise in the vegan space, anything that you want to share, anything fun that's happened or important to you as you've evolved as a practitioner? Nothing comes to mind. I'm just super, really happy where I'm at and happy that I have more of a bigger goal than when I started. So I think right now I'm super, I'm very happy. That's beautiful. Where I've gotten and thank you so much. The program, definitely. I'm glad to hear that. And when you say bigger goal, do you mind sharing what that is? No. (laughs) (laughs) Not on the podcast. Fair enough. So as far as ethics, I know that you've talked about like veganism and ethics. Is that anything that you think has evolved with time in your messaging? Or is that something that's prominent or that makes you stand out talking about veganism from an ethical standpoint? I always mention a little bit of vegan and ethical reasons for going vegan. Not too much because that's not my main page or motivator for my page, but I do tie it in because I know it's very important for anyone who follows a vegan lifestyle. So yes, yeah, I do tie it in. And I love how you even explained it. Like it's not a core, it's important, but it's not the primary reason. The primary reason they come to you is weight loss. And knowing yeah. how to create a vegan plate and still lose weight while adopting that dietary pattern. And then ethics is something that's important, but that might not be the main reason that they come to you. So you find a way to insert it and have it be maybe a tertiary outcome or something in the mix, but you're strategic about how to place it. So I was hoping you would yeah. share about that because I think that's such an important message. A lot of the listeners struggle with, gosh, how do I get the primary outcome front and center? Right. And you've done such a good job of that. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Such a good job without, you know, you don't have to dismiss the ethics. It's hugely important, but there's a way to incorporate it. And you've done that. And you just explained strategically, like it's not the main reason and it's important and I can still share it, but you have a way of sharing it that makes sense what your audience wants. Yeah. I think when I just started, I was putting probably too much emphasis on that specifically. And that's not my, it gets a little tricky as far as the content and what your ideal client is and what people you want to come to you for and your services. So that's where you have to kind of play around and realize what's your main focus and what's the outcome. Yes, as being ethical as a vegan is definitely important. So it needs to be tied in, but it's not the main focus because you want them to come to you for a reason and to make money. I mean, honestly. And that is definitely a big, huge part of my core framework is finding out what is the biggest problem. And you know, people fight me on that. (laughs) And oftentimes I see dietitians fail or slow to reach their goals when they want to make the biggest problem what they want and not what people want. So you got to solve in marketing, they call it bleeding neck, the biggest problem that people are going to pay for. There's a ton of big problems, right? So weight loss, chronic bloat management, food freedom. There are so many big problems people struggle with, but what's important in marketing is to listen and solve the biggest problem. And and so you just explained that really well. And I can honestly say 
I don't have any client that has gone full time and created a big business without solving the biggest problem. Yeah, no, definitely. I agree. I know you see that. I know you see that in the program. Like people are solving serious problems. So awesome. Anything else? Thank you, Carol, for sharing your story. It's been an absolute pleasure to work with you and talk with you and seeing you progress just makes my heart warm. So any kind of final words that you want to leave with today? Join Libby's program. (laughs) It's so, I mean, I don't even know how to express it in words really, but you're going to get so much benefit out of joining the program. You know, if this is like something that you ultimately want, it's definitely worth investing in a coaching program. And I think Libby's program is amazing. Thank you, Carol. I very much appreciate that. You've been a pleasure and a joy. Hit the biggest milestone, which is going full time. And if you just remind everybody where to find you on social so they can connect with you and support your work. Sure. So on Instagram, it's at vegan.weightloss.nutritionist. Awesome. Thanks, Carol. We are so excited to offer you support in our various programs. If you identify as a beginner and you're looking to lay down the foundations, our society program might a great fit for you. I encourage you to go to dietitianboss.com under group coaching and apply for our experience, our transformative experience based off of my proprietary system called the Dietitian Boss Method. Additionally, we offer a higher level program called Executive to help you hire and manage a staff as you expand and scale your program, whether you're offering a membership, course, group programming, private coaching, or a combination of various different offerings. We're here to help you on your journey with developing processes and implementing the operational foundation that you need to reach your goals. A lot of our clients want to work 20 hours or less a week. And we're so proud to say that we've helped them achieve that goal. And you'll hear their stories on this podcast. Make sure to stay tuned and apply if you're looking for support to get there faster and meet some colleagues along the way who share your same growth mindset.